Sefton Delman never systematized his ideas about propaganda in any single abstract theory or doctrine. But his memoirs are, apart from many other things, parables of his ideas about propaganda, how it works, and how we can fight it. And the stories of his childhood and youth are prequels to his later struggles. His memoirs are the main source for the story of his early years. But it's a retired middle-aged man who is writing them, explaining and sometimes justifying his work, showing how the past informed his craft. In the summer of 1914, in the last days before the start of World War I, Sefton, or Tom Delmer, as he was always known by his family, friends, and associates, was spending the school holidays among the azure slopes of the Hartz Mountains. Although those close to Delmer knew him as Tom, I will continue to call him Sefton, the name he used to brand his books. Delmer describes the setting as idyllic, almost overly Arcadian. Sleepy villages with gentle villagers, peaceful rural communities, wells and well-wishers. He will come back to this image over and over in his memoirs. Bucolic, open-hearted communities beyond the brutal technology of mass propaganda. He was on holiday here with his mother and sister. His father, Frederick Sefton Delmer, a professor of English literature at Berlin University, was back in the capital preparing his lectures. Delmer's parents were from Australia, at the time a dominion of the British Empire, and they were potential enemy aliens if there was war between Germany and Britain. One morning in August, Sefton woke to a new noise, an alien metallic rough roar that reverberated up and down the valleys. Outside, the gentle green meadows were suddenly disfigured with troops. The lush woods were pierced with antennas connected to a transmitter powered by an electric generator. World War I was the first time the wireless would be used by an army, and Delmer describes its noise as the first echo of 20th century war. Technology and its accompanying propaganda were advancing everywhere through the green hills. At the village fair, there was a new attraction, a tent with a cinema screen, which repeatedly showed newsreels of the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand of Austria, Germany's ally, by a student who wanted to liberate Bosnia from the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Sitting inside the cinema tent, pleasant villagers and well-bred holidaymakers were transformed in the light of the screen, all suddenly baying for war. At the playground, parents of children whom Delma had been playing happily with just a few days before suddenly turned on him. Lousy Englander! They cried, get away, you deserve a good hiding. His mother, alarmed, swept the children to the train station and back to Berlin. They could hear and feel the passengers growing ever more excited at the approach of war as the train neared the city. This time, the passengers were saying to one another, we really shall show them. Finally, they would be able to take revenge for losses to France in previous wars. Finally, our Kaiser will show the world who we are. As he listened, Sefton sensed that their speech was somehow borrowed, cut and pasted from the stories about Prussian military adventures that were compulsory reading at all schools. The Delmas didn't dare speak any English on the journey. Near the capital, the whole carriage gathered around a waiter who had bought a special edition of the Berliner Tageblatt. His whiskers quivered with excitement like radio antennas as he read out the official mobilization order. Germany was at war. The train cheered. A short, merry war, exclaimed a man with a beard like an upside-down V. By the time the train reached Berlin, the crowds were thick with euphoria and cries of Deutschland, Deutschland über alles and down with England. Although Britain was yet to even enter the war, Delmer would recall in his memoirs that Britain was the traitor, 
Britain was the main enemy, propaganda had them in thrall. The scenes were repeating across the country. One of the most famous photographs is from August 6, 1914, in Audienzplatz, Munich. Among the thousands thronging the square, waving their boating hats in jubilation and climbing on statues of great lions, is a young Adolf Hitler. He's in the middle of the throng, hatless, gleaming-eyed, squeezed in among taller men, but bursting through them in a fountain of fervor. For me, these hours came as a deliverance from the distress that had weighed upon me during the days of my youth. I was carried away by the enthusiasm of the moment, you'd remember in Mein Kampf, and I sank down upon my knees and thanked heaven out of the fullness of my heart for the favor of having been permitted to live in such a time. There is a catch, however. The photograph of Hitler is likely a fake, or at least manipulated.